Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. The e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce wow. And to help us do just that, I am chatting with my very special guest today, Tomar Han from Mobco Media about how to join the creator economy. But before we jump into this fascinating conversation, let me suggest a few other e-commerce podcast episodes to listen to that I think you will also enjoy. Try Katie White's conversation with me about content strategy and why it is my new BFF. And also have a look at Lauren Schwartz, a creative that drives the click through. You can find both of these as well as our entire archive of episodes on our website for free at ecommercepodcast.net. Now, shout out to today's show sponsor, uh, E-Commerce Cohort. Uh, they, well, the E-Commerce Cohort is all about helping you deliver e-commerce well to your customers. I don't know if you've ever done an online course. I've done a lot of them, but I've spent a small fortune, if I'm honest with you, in online courses over the years, some of which I've completed, some of which I haven't. But ask me, you know, what I've done as a result of those online courses. Sometimes I've just sat there and learned and not really done a whole great deal. Online courses are great, but I find they're a bit overwhelming and I don't always get the most out of them. Well, Cohort's different. It's a lightweight membership group with guided monthly sprints. That's right, every month some new stuff comes out, which cycles through all the key areas of e-commerce. And this is brilliant because it it's not like an online learning thing where you've got 11 hours worth of instruction. No, no, no. There's, there's no overwhelm. It's lightweight and it's practical. It's designed to help you get to uh, work on your business. So whether you're just starting out uh, in e-commerce or like me, you've been around a fair few years, as they say, a well-established e-commercer, uh, then I encourage you to definitely check out ecommercecohort.com. That's ecommercecohort.com. You can find a whole bunch more information uh, about this fantastic tool on the website. Or you can email me directly, matt at ecommercepodcast.net if you've got any specific questions. I will try my level best to answer them. Now, without further ado, uh, here is my conversation with Tomar. Tomar Hen is a digital marketing expert with over a decade of experience. He founded the first mobile marketing school in Israel, created the first Israeli mobile marketing summit, and has spearheaded notable campaigns with leading Fortune 500 brands. He is the man. Now, backed by expertise and a growing portfolio, Tomar was recognized as one of Forbes' 30 promising entrepreneurs under 30. So, slightly envious of the fact he was in Forbes and slightly envious that he's still under 30. So, that said, he's the right dude to talk to because in this episode, we're going to chat about how you can join the creator economy, and start making money doing what you love. Now, if you are like me, you probably have lots of interests and passions that actually you could easily turn into a career and would love to do so, but it can be difficult to know where to start or how to make money doing what you love. Now, whether you're an artist, a musician, a writer, or just have some great ideas. Stay tuned for this conversation with Tomar because he is the expert just for you. Yes, he is. Tomar, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Matt. It's great being here. That was quite an intro. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, something we all now have to live up to. No, no, no. Where, whereabouts in the world are you dialing in from, sir? Right now, I'm in Tel Aviv, and I spend my time um, in between uh, LA, Tel Aviv, Austin, uh, and anywhere that I pretty much desire. Uh, and that's uh, part of uh, my, that was part of my goal as an entrepreneur, just living wherever I want to live. Well, I mean, that's awesome in the sense that um, you get to travel uh, all over the place. And did you... Did you always have that as something that you wanted to do? Or is that something that's kind of formed in the last few years of life, as it were? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I've always loved travel. I've always been an entrepreneur ever since I can remember. And I always loved travel. I always, you know, I traveled with my parents and I was waiting for our uh, summer holidays or uh, just traveling all around the world. And growing as an entrepreneur, I just wanted to do this more often. Uh, I never thought that I would uh, be as free to actually live uh, a few months here, a few months there, and just going with, uh, you know, with the wind, just just deciding where I want to spend the next few months. Uh, also growing my business on that same location or the same city, going to meetups, events, conferences, uh, just building sort of a community in, in, in cities that I travel to. It's not just about sightseeing or eating in, in, in local restaurants. It's all about building a community, um, knowing the local entrepreneurs, the local businesses, and that's part of, of the passion that I have. It's not just about going on a vacation because I feel that I don't have to, I, I've built my, my routine or my life in a way that I don't have to go on a vacation and just unplug for a few months just to, to reset or recover. Um, I could recover mm -hmm. on that same day, just you know, work for an hour, or I could recover for a week or a month. Um, but I really love what I'm doing. And when it's not fun, I just give up on that project or that task or even that business. So <laughs> fun is basically what leads that's a, that's my a, way. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's quite an interesting metric, isn't it? Fun. Uh, because everybody's wrapped up with metrics like ROI and average order value and, and all these sorts of things. Uh, I, I quite like that. What's the fun level uh, in what we're doing? How fun is it? So you, you mentioned that you're, um, you traveled with your parents. Were your parents entrepreneurial? Is that where you picked it up from? Uh, to be honest, no. I mean, my mom, um, uh, she works for a big software company and my dad has been uh, self-employed accountant. So they always had to, when they went on a vacation, they had to go on a vacation. So they were not location free by any sense. I guess that's where I figured out that when I grow up, I want to travel and be location free. So I can just, you know, travel as much as I want. Just like, just like a kid that mm -hmm. wants to eat as much candy as they want when they move out. Um, this is basically what, what, what led me into saying, I only do business that, uh, that, gets gets me that goal of being location free and traveling all around um i still don't have kids so i guess that's easier and that might change uh when when i have my own family but for now i'm just uh seizing the moment yeah well do it do it do it do it it's funny actually because um my kids i have three kids and my kids are uh two of them uh, this year are going to be in university and one of them is is sort of 15 16 and so i'm i'm kind of coming out of that phase where you have to be around all the time uh to get the kids to school and all that sort of stuff you know and it's we're sort of coming coming out the other side and i'm i'm quite looking forward to that if i'm honest with you so i look i enjoyed it pre kids i've enjoyed having kids immensely and i'm enjoying the sort of the idea of the empty nest syndrome as we call it here in the uk um, so you get to travel, right? You get to do this whole entrepreneurial thing. The fun fact is a big deal for you doing stuff that doesn't tie you down to one space. Um, it sounds very um, four hour work weeky, you know, the kind of Tim Ferriss kind of uh, idea uh, in that book. Have you ever read that book? Is this where the idea sort of came from? Or is this something that you've kind of figured out along the way? Yeah, that's that's a great point. So, uh, Four Hour Workweek was one of the first books that I ever read. I think it was don't don't get me. Uh, I think it was like ten years ago. Maybe, no, more than ten years ago, like fifteen years ago, probably. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's not that I got the idea from the book, but I love the book so much because I could really resonate with what Tim Ferriss has put together with what I believe in and what I wanted as a kid, you know, even as a 13 year old kid, this is what I wanted. And I think that the four hour work week is kind of the newer version of rich dad, poor dad. But I think that today, <laughs> um, today you have a new version of the four hour work week where mm. you could see all of your work as non-work or what I like to call, um, uh, effortless effort. So I don't think that you should divide between, 
your work and again, your fun, I think that you could really combine that together. And people tend to think that they should work in whatever that makes the money up until the point where it allows them to do whatever is fun for them or exciting for them. But I think that if you flip that around and you do the thing that is fun for you and that excites mm -hmm. you, you will make money. So we don't have to get all the way in trying to make as much, as much money as possible and then go out and figuring out, you know what, I, I think that chapter on the four-hour work we called filling the void. So you don't have to wait and try to fill the void, but you can say, hey, what do I want to fill my life with? And mm -hmm. nowadays you can create a business around any interest, any hobby, any, anything that excites you, you can just go on TikTok and, you know, create a huge business around it. And you have so many evidence for it. So uh, I think that's kind of the newer version of the four hour work week concept. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because now for the first time that I can remember, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm talking, I've got a few years of memory here. Uh, for the first time that I can remember now, kids are coming out of school with a very definite plan of um, being some kind of content creator. Like that's a career choice now. Um, which I mean, when I was at school, I did, nothing like that ever existed unless you wanted to write books, in which case you went to academia. But um, but it seems to be now a very real career path, a very real career choice that people take is I, I want to get into this whole content creation type thing. And um, it fascinates me. I, in some respects, I'm doing it. You know, we do this podcast. Uh, you know, it's, it's a form of content creation. We do, um, you know, we have our own online course or cohort as we're going to be uh, calling it uh, instead of the uh, and so there are these things which we do which are years ago we just no it never entered to anyone's sort of consciousness that this was actually a possibility that I could that I could create some kind of content that people would be willing to buy uh, and yeah so you're right I mean kids coming out of school now going I'm just going to be you know make my money out of TikTok and all their parents are sitting there going how how, no, I how does that work, right? <laughs> yeah, even Siri wasn't sure. Uh, but it's kind of like, how does that work? How does that even compute, you know? Um, so it's a really interesting shift, isn't it, that this has now become a sort of a bigger and bigger deal. Uh, it, and so is this where you, where you do part of your journey is in, in what we call now the content economy, you know, this sort of, uh, is this where you run part of your business? Right. That's, that's, you know, that's a really good point. And when I analyze this backwards, when, and when you think about it, kids always wanted to express themselves and become the famous actors, singers. They wanted, you know, girls wanted to be Beyonce or, you know, you, you wanted to be, you wanted to be that famous guy you saw on MTV before you, you had, even before you had Instagram and, and Facebook. And you basically want, a lot of kids wanted that I think it's not as superficial as, as just or shallow as just being famous. It's about uh, self-expression. Mm -hmm. And then there was this period when, you know, you had Mark Zuckerberg and apps and people became billionaires by, by selling software, which was kind of novel at that time. And all those kids wanted to become entrepreneurs and, and coders. And nowadays, I think that's kind of a mix where where you get and, and you know and the parents always told you you know you can't be an actor you won't have any money you won't make any money mm -hmm. you can't be a singer because there are only just a few who would make it um and now you have this this interesting combination between self-expression and anyone can express themselves in any topic it's, it doesn't have to be mainstream and go on mtv in order for it to be successful um and you have uh, you don't have to have a, a very a hard skill like coding in order to become super wealthy or super successful or super uh, influential. And you have mm -hmm. this interesting mix between, um, between the tech and internet and utilizing internet and technology and self-expression where you can just, you don't have to learn anything. You don't have, you just have to be yourself. And the world is becoming more and more authentic. People are looking for that authenticity and not necessarily uh, building a very uh, 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 polished figure 
or a singer or an actor or a content creator, which is basically the same, you know, content creator or being being a very famous singer where people would pay for your performance or buying your mm -hmm. songs or your albums, people would now pay for you to create reels for them or creating TikTok videos yeah. for them. It's basically the same. It's just that the opportunities are just for anyone out there. Fascinating, isn't it? Absolutely. And there's a word there that you use that I just want to draw on and, 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 and ask, like, if I'm going to get into this sort of creator economy, um, is uh, self-expression, is authenticity, auth I can't even say the word, authenticity, uh, is authenticity and self-expression some of the keys to doing this well, to unlocking um, maybe the, 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 the power of uh, this sort of new economy? I, I think so. Uh, I I know what it is not. It is not about making money. If you go onto this game in 2022, trying to just make money or basically just extract more money from the marketplace, I will try to get those budgets from those businesses, or I will try to get the attention of users. People are very very sensitive for your uh, for your why and mm -hmm. why you're doing what you're doing. And if you're doing it, even if you have, you know, you're, you're posting daily and you have 25 followers, people can sense it. People can, and, and people can sense that you're doing it not in order to become famous, but if you try to be whatever people want you to be and not being your authentic self, I know mm -hmm. this could be, you know, it, it could sound very spiritual, but at the end of the day, you can see the data and you can see that the more successful people out there um, they were just being themselves. And yeah. if you do that, it comes down to being consistent because if you try to create content in order to force an outcome, in order to get the followers, and it's, it takes time, it takes time and effort, you would probably break down because you can't fake yourself as much as you need to in order to mm. build up those followers build up this uh, uh, trust within the audience. But if you do what you love, if you're just being yourself, you're just talking to a friend and, and, you know, even if you, if you, even if you recommend products, right, that's what you do for, that's what you love. You love uh, uh, food or you love supplements or you love restaurants or you love whatever. And you just do this for fun because this is what you love and you believe in. Um, you, you would have the consistency and you have the commitment to do this daily because again, coming back to the fun factor, you just do this for fun and it will just build up. But if you try to force it, if you try to say, hey, this is a trend on TikTok, let's post daily, you will probably break up before you get this traction mm -hmm. and you get this exponential growth that is needed in order to actually make a living. So it's not just about, you know, the, saying those nice words about, hey, be, be authentic and you'll make money. I think that actually backs up with the data and it backs up with our human, um, uh, the, the way we are built as human beings, where we need to have a purpose and we need to, to have, mm -hmm. well, basically we need to have fun in order to be consistent. Yeah, I love that. I mean, one of the things that you said there about being sensitive, you know, the, the viewer, the people responding to your content are very sensitive to your why. Um, I, I've got down here a quote from you, uh, Tomar, that uh, you mentioned previously. You said, when you realize it's all about who you serve and not what you sell, then that's the main advantage for every brand, which I thought was a phenomenal thing to say, um, understanding who you serve and being authentic to you and to that community seems to be, for me, mixed with this idea of consistency, um, the way to win in this arena. I guess my other observation is having now done this podcast for two years, uh, it's not a quick thing. I mean, there are people that rise through the ranks very quickly, it seems, but on the whole, the majority of people, um, you, it's not like you start today and tomorrow it, it's all working fine, right? I mean, we're, we're two years in, we're still, I think we're getting better at understanding the journey and, and what we're doing with the podcast. Um, but we never started it out to make money. We just started out because we like talking about e-commerce. And we've met some amazing people along the way. And now it's actually helping us to make money. But it took a little while. I don't know if, if, if that's just me or if that's a general, a general uh, truth. I, I, think, I think that's a general truth because nowadays you have so... The days of just putting a product out there and a product could be 
an Amazon listing. It could be a Shopify store. It could be a Facebook ad. It could be a podcast. It could be an email that you send out. Mm -hmm. The days of just putting this product out there in the world and expecting to just make money and get the attention are probably over. Mm -hmm. um, so you need, you have a lot of competition, even if the upcoming platforms like TikTok, where you have, uh, 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 you know, comparably you have less competition, but you still have that competition of the attention, of the budgets, of the, uh, of, of the audience being resonating with whatever you have to say or sell. So you have to be mindful and, and know that it would take time either way. It would take time whether you do whatever you want to do, and it would take time if you want to do whatever you think people want you to do. So if you can keep up with creating content every day or every week for months or years, um, you will probably win. Because if you could resonate with even 50 people who would listen to your podcast or read your posts, but mm -hmm. it would be very, very it would speak directly to their hearts. It would speak directly to whatever they want to feel and they believe you and they believe in your why. That is way more powerful than having 5,000 people, you know, randomly uh, uh, seeing your video on the TikTok algorithm because you knew how to hack the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, last, the, the last hack of how to hack, you know, the, the Instagram or the TikTok mm -hmm. algorithm. Because those people will follow you. They believe you. They will send this to your friend. They will think about it after they watch your video or your content or listen to your podcast. And then they would also buy your product. Mm -hmm. But people sometimes try to just sell a product. They try to get to the end of it. They, they think that if they learn the different um, components of the Amazon algorithms, they will build a successful brand. But there is a huge difference, a huge difference between selling a product and building a brand. And yeah. when I say this, I don't just mean physical products. I think that it has huge difference between putting a very viral video on TikTok or building a brand on TikTok or a podcast or whatever it is. Because a brand yeah. is someone or something that you choose to go after. You choose to buy because they believe in what you believe in. Mm -hmm. um, they you know the reason you know that they serve you and basically if you can get to a point where that where 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 that person feels and believes that you are the only person or the only brand to help them with their journey that's where you win a customer or a fan for life that's what i believe in. yeah i know so true and uh, and it's a fascinating one isn't it because I mean, this applies, like you say, for selling hard products, um, physical products, digital products, whatever it is, the the, the basic premises. And, and I get asked all the time, you know, one of the big questions is, why would I set up an e-commerce website? I can't compete with Amazon, right? It's that, how do I compete with Amazon? And Amazon is great at being a commodity-based website. You go on there, you search it, you find it, you buy it. I don't really know who I bought it from. I've just gone and bought this product. But more and more, the consumer is going, no, no, hang on a minute. I want to know a little bit more about this product. I want to know where it's come from. I want to know why you've made it. I, do you know what I mean? Like clothing, we are moving away from fast fashion to people buying more sustainable clothing. You see these trends which are occurring. You can't do that on Amazon. And so the way I think you compete with Amazon is you create a brand voice and you tell that story and you connect with a customer in a way that Amazon can't and never could do because they're a big supermarket. They just sell commodities, whereas you're selling something you're invested in, right? You care deeply about these products and how they're going to help people. And I think that's the way you win, right, against people like Amazon. So I'm loving this. I'm loving this whole... Um, you know, you've got to develop, again, that being sensitive to your why, your purpose, why are you here? And telling that story super, super well, I mean, is, is incredible. So let's talk a little bit more about the creator economy. And yeah, I mean, you've mentioned TikTok, you've mentioned Instagram, but what, is, what are some of the ways that we maybe should be thinking about this creator economy? What does it encompass? What does it involve um, beyond just TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great that's a great question and a topic that I love talking about. Um, so 
you know, there, according to the data, there, there are about 50 million content creator with a certain, certain threshold. And only about four of them uh, said that they, they're able to make a living out of the content that they make. And for, for different reasons, some of them we, we actually mentioned here on our conversation. And the, today, the most common way for creators to monetize their content is uh, collaborating with another brand or uh, getting sponsorships from other brands or having some affiliate deals with other brands and promote them. But mm-hmm. I think that nowadays, and you know, we you know, we go into a recession. A lot of creators say that uh, they feel too dependent on those brands. They feel that they are bind, they are bind to the regulations those brands put up on them. What they can say, what they can't say, how they can mm-hmm. present the product, and eventually there is this conflict between they need to serve the brand, but they also need to make money, and they also need to serve their audience and be authentic to themselves as of what, what we just said. So I think that although it's pretty easy to hook up with another brand or just get you know X amount of dollars or, or a percentage of a sale with another brand, I think if a creator really wants to level up their game, both personally, financially, professionally, is to build their own brand. And you know, I I I know how to build consumer brand. So it could be any type of brand. It could be an, uh, a digital product brand. It could be a physical product brand. Um, but creators who are starting to build, and we see this more and more in the creator economy where um, creators say, hey, I don't want to work for that brand. I want to say whatever I want to say. And my content is my product. And I could attach a physical product to my content and my audience and share whatever I believe in not just for my content, but also through physical product. It could be a makeup brand. It could be a supplement brand. It could be a food brand. It could be, um, you know, uh, a car organizer. It could be all sorts of brands that relate to the audience that you serve, not necessarily just your following, but the person, again, coming back to that person who follows you, who is your biggest fan, what can you produce to him? What can you bring to the world that would serve them as a person? Um, that would be that would probably be way more successful by all means than any brand that you could collaborate with, just because you can get as specific to saying whatever it is that you specifically want to say and you want to bring to the world. And as a creator, you have you know you have a very specific voice, and this is the reason why you get so many views than your competitors. You, then you get you know, the attention of other followers, once you find that voice and you realize who is that person, why they are special and why they follow you, what they believe in, what's the journey that they go with, um, it's very easy to build a physical product brand around that person. And because you have, you already have the attention and you have the credibility, it, it would be pretty easy for you. Um, well, I would say it's pretty simple. It's not always easy to build a physical product brand around around that person. So I'm, I'm really fascinated by all those creators uh, at different stages where they said, I don't want to work for those bigger brands. I don't want to work. I don't want to promote something that I don't believe in. Um, they, they, do, um, they do state a very bold statement and decision where they know they might give up some uh, immediate income, but for the sake of being truly independent with the messaging that they they convey to their audience, uh, the amount of money they can make, and the products that they want to promote on their channels. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's really fascinating, isn't it? And we've talked about this before on the show um, when it comes to influencers and and using influencers and uh, why brands, why the brand themselves, you know do they want to use influence? Because actually now the power is starting to, with the influences going, actually, I'm not quite sure I want to work with that brand anymore. And like, and like you say, I think it's quite fascinating, the turn of events now. And the technology, like we had uh, uh, the, uh, Get Caro on the show, uh, David from Get Caro, and he was talking about this, you know, and about how you can, um, you can now start to leverage technology to build out platforms uh, that enable you to create your own website. You're, you're an influencer. You've got the content out there. Well, you can now sell... Uh, product directly off the back of that. So if you were, um, Tomo, if you were launching an e-commerce business today, 
is this how you would start? Would you go right? I'm I'm gonna I have a product. Um, and uh, I know you've got a supplement brand, haven't you? So I've got this product here. I'm going to go and find a community that that product connects with. And I'm going to go uh, connect with that community. I'm going to speak to that community and be consistent in my content creation that reaches out to that community. And that's how I'm going to grow my brand. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be consistent. It might not make money today, but ultimately I know I'm going to win if I'm in there every day. Is that how you would do it? Yes, I, I would even I would even go deeper and and perhaps do whatever what you said, but I would even flip that around and say, I want to find that community that I want to serve, and then I would build a brand around them. And what most people right. do is trying to develop a product or they already develop and produce the product and then say, okay, now let's find who wants to buy this, or let's find mm -hmm. influencers or the communities or the groups that would be interested in my product, rather than just going and say, hey, there's a community here, they are very loyal to that journey. They are very, um, they are very uh, uh, excited about these kind of products, or they have these very urgent problems. And I could really resonate with that person, with that journey, with that problem. Now let's find the solutions that we could create in order to help them. And those solutions could turn into content. They could turn into physical product. They can turn into a book, a digital product, and it could turn into a brand that consists all of these aspects together, right? You can launch a book that sells a supplement brand when uh, as a, as an upsell. You can uh, launch. Uh, uh, you can work with an influencer to create uh, uh, an Instagram uh, 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 a content that would uh, that would serve that that audience and that would promote your food brand. So one, but it's the same person. It's the same audience. It's the same community. It's just different form of solutions. And once that person have seen your, your content on Instagram and they read your book and they got this email from you, they would probably buy your product because they believe that you are the best person and this is the best brand for them to solve their problem or to progress on their journey. And this is how I see brand building as opposed to just trying to sell products in this highly competitive market. Yeah. I I wish I could just hit I, listeners if you're listening just hit the rewind button and, and just listen to that paragraph again because I think I was writing about this this morning where where 99% of e-commerce businesses fail is they will just go and get any old product and then go I now need to figure out how to sell this right mm -hmm. and it's 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 totally backwards it's totally the wrong way around um, and the classic one, you know, was with the drop shipping for years. We've talked about this before on the show. Again, it's, you know, the, the, you go to Alibaba or wherever, you know, AliExpress, and you find some sunglasses, which are like $2, and you think, I can sell those for 20 So I'm going to make 18 bucks for a pair of sunglasses. And you've just gone and grabbed any old nonsense. The trouble is 30,000 other websites are selling that same pair of sunglasses, right? How have you differentiated yourself? You just haven't. You're beige or vanilla, right? You're just blending in. Um, but I, I just, I, this is why I love it because actually, no, 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 the other way around is like, understand who the community is that you're going to serve. What's it, what do they need? How can I help them? How can I best serve them much, much better way? Because then you're finding products that actually people want to really buy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's, and it, and it's that kind of, that, that to me just makes a lot of sense, uh, an awful lot of sense. So I, I, I'm. I'm I'm sat here listening to the podcast, right? I've, let's assume I've already got an e-commerce business up and running. Um, I've already got a, so I've got a small community. Uh, I'm I'm selling a, a product. And I'm just looking around my desk for what it is. Um, I have uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should show you this. I have here uh, my Lego Indiana Jones. Uh, I'm a I'm a bit of a fan of Lego Indiana Jones for reasons which I won't bore you with, but I I do like my my little Indy. Uh, Indiana Jones Lego there. So let's say I'm selling, you know, sort of unique Lego sort of things. And I've got, I've got my community going on and, and, you know, people are buying from me. And what are sort of some of the things that I should be thinking about from a content creation here um, that's going to help me from an e-commerce point of view? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a great uh, case study. So let's say that you already have your, your Indiana Jones Lego store 
and you just sold it because you could find it, you're passionate about it or whatever it is. So I would do two things. I would first, the first step that I would do is I would find out who are your best customers and I would speak to them. I would have mm -hmm. phone calls with them. I would send questionnaires. I would come to their house, whatever you can do to find out who is that person. And by saying who is that person, sometimes brand owners or store owners mistake by saying, okay, my audience is a 20 to 55 year old male from the United States, right? <laughs> that's not a person. <laughs> that's yeah, not sorry, a person. I'm laughing because I'm agreeing with you. Sorry, that's yeah. the no, I mean, I mean, that's, that's really not a person. And you mm -hmm. don't have someone who is between 20 to 55. You have a person at a certain age with a certain interest and certain reasons. That's the main thing. And that's the main thing that you need to find out. What is the reason they're buying your products? Because mm. there is a reason they are buying this product. It's not just because. It's not random choices. There's a reason why they wanted to exchange or hard-earned hard dollars for that product from you specifically. And you need to find out why is that. Once you find out why they buy your product and what problem does it solve for them or what, how does it improve their life, this is where you the next step would be is to find out where they hang out what content do they consume what tv shows do they watch what podcasts do they listen to what instagram pages do they follow and what communities do they hang out with, right if you have a product a fitness product and you realize that your best customers the ones that always buy your product are uh, crossfit trainers right? You can find out where do they hang out? Do they hang out at their mm -hmm. CrossFit gyms? Do they hang out in those three groups on Facebook? And go to these communities and find out how you can better serve people who are like them, people who are from the same um, uh, profile or the same persona as your audience. And talk about why you do what you do. Talk about why your product is the best product for these people. And you have this data. If you if you have this data because you already interviewed your best customers, the ones that always come back and buy again and again and again, they don't buy because you, your product costs $5 less than the cheapest one on Amazon. Otherwise, only the cheapest product on Amazon or in the internet would sell. But that's mm. not the case. There's a reason why people buy a certain item, even if it's a higher price. So, or even if it's not the first result on the Amazon search results, right? So. Once you know this information and you get to understand it, just go in these communities, go talk to these creators, go talk to these influencers or those community leaders and find out how you can serve them and the community that they manage. If you don't have your own community, but if, if you want to build your own community, that's also something that you can do by understanding how you can serve them. So for example, if they... Um, bought your product because they want to spend more quality time with their children, find out how else you could help them spend more quality time with their children, regardless of your product. Just because, you know, we all know that people don't buy um, your product. They buy what your product makes them feel. Mm -hmm. Once you figure out what it makes them feel, or at least what they want this product to make them feel, just find out how you can make them feel that in regardless of your product. If, so if you were able as a brand or as a person to make them feel a certain way, they will always remember that feeling and they would connect your brand to that feeling. And then the decision-making would be so much easier and clear to them that they would not even look for any other cheaper product on Amazon. They would go on Amazon and look for your brand. And mm -hmm. if your brand would not be there, they will go and look for it in Google and go to your website and buy it. Because whenever someone goes on Amazon and not looking for your brand, but is looking for Indiana Jones, uh, you know, Lego is a brand, but let's say that they want an Indiana Jones uh, uh, figure or uh, a doll or whatever it is, they are Amazon's customer. If your product would not be there, they will buy from someone else that Amazon chooses to promote. But if, uh, uh, but as long as they go on Amazon and not looking specifically for your brand, and even if they bought directly from you on Amazon, they, they are still Amazon customers. The day you want to be on Amazon, they will buy for someone else. 
So if you created a brand that, that made them feel a certain way, that is way stronger than you know, any amount of money uh, up to a certain point that uh, they can find on Amazon. And if you made them feel you know, a stronger feeling, they would be happy to pay more just to get that feeling. And a brand is basically a symbol for them to feel something. They want to mm-hmm. feel a part of a certain community. They, wanna, they want the brand to say something about them. And that is the reason why we see you know, clothing brands that could sell the same t-shirt, but just with the tiniest logo or even not even something that you can see on the outside, but someone who bought it knows that when they buy this specific clothing brand, even if they can buy the same shirt with a different store at half the price or quarter the price, they know and they feel something something about themselves when they buy this brand. Yeah, that's... Are there any brands that sort of come to mind that do this for you? As in, you know, yeah, it could be any brand, uh, Damon, but where you think they've, they've done that story really well and they've just sort of captured you and, you, and you've bought into it? Um, I, could say, I could say something about Starbucks. You know, you could mm-hmm. buy probably better, cheaper coffee in many other locations, many other places, but something about the consistency, something about the fact that they created sort of a community or a place for you to be anywhere you go out in the world and you'll be able to go and get the same experience and get a sense of, um, I would say staying at home, but something that is familiar to you. I think that made it way better than any other coffee chain out there. Although I could agree that you could get probably better coffee in so many other, so many other places. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you can. I mean, I, I don't drink coffee, but I, I'm sure you can. It's um, it's interesting that you mentioned Starbucks. Uh, there, I, I wasn't expecting you to come up with Starbucks. I'm not going to lie. So I, that's uh, that's that's interesting. Um, so I've called my customer, right? I've researched them. I've uh, I've had lots of conversations with various different people, and I'm starting to understand what's going on and how I can serve uh, my community. Is there anything else I need to? And um, because we've not really talked about the tactics, which I'm quite pleased about, I do this on Instagram because no, no, no matter what we talk about in six weeks' time, it'll be out of date anyway, right? Because the the, the whole thing just moves on at a, at a rapid pace. But the principles stay the same. The tactics change, but the principles stay the same. And I like the fact you've you've talked about the principles. Um, what are some of the other the the, the key principles that I need to be aware of? Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I like talking about principles because, because I think you could just implement it across different channels. It's probably timeless. And, you know, whether if, if we go back to, to being creators, so whether you're a creator on TikTok, whether you have an email list, whether you have a Facebook group, whether you just run, um, you know, your, your neighborhood community meetups, it's the same principle where once you find out that person needs and you're able to fulfill it, then you have a business. That's like Mm. something that was never changed, but it's so basic and that people sometimes overlook this very basic principle that could make everything else so much easier once you realize that. Because then your hesitation around um, uh, what product should I sell? What should be my headline? What kind of color should I use? They all go by because you know that the, the, the core of your business is that need. So mm-hmm. I think that if you go back to being a creator, I think that uh, having the audience a part of your brand journey is something that we've seen across multiple brands that rally people together. And instead of you just launching a brand saying, hey, I've just worked on it for seven months and here is my makeup brand, please buy this now. They have no idea why you created this brand. It just seemed like very transactional content or a very transactional relationship. But, and, and I, I've not done this enough, but the one thing that I would do um, launching my, my supplement brand for entrepreneurs would be to uh, document my journey, share it with an audience. And if, I've, if any creator that, that I consult you or I work with, I always tell them whenever you came up with this idea, this, this initial thought of launching the brand, share it. Share it because 
people who would follow you, even if these are just five people who would resonate with it or remember what you just said, even if it's just a glimpse, it will build up and you create this uh, curiosity. You create mm -hmm. this sense of why you tell people about the entire process of, you know, hey, this is this has been taking me seven, eight, nine months of my life working on it since I just came up with, you know, the inception of the idea until you can see this in your hands and and people have followed you people know the struggles people know how much thought you've put onto it so sharing your journey whether it would be through your content your emails uh just talking with a lot of people in your in your community or your friends your colleagues whoever you can just talk about your brand and i think that also comes uh you know most people do the opposite they feel that once they have an idea, they need to be very, uh, they need to keep it as a secret, right? I, I, someone would steal my idea, they would copy me, they would this and that. And I think that once you realize that you have a very strong why, you know, and you have this confidence that no one could really copy you. No one could really do what is the one thing that you do because mm -hmm. you build relationships with those people. Once you share, your journey and you share your why with a certain person and people sometimes mistake that they speak to an audience but they don't speak to an audience or to a niche they speak to multiple individual human beings who listen to you and create this kind of relationship with you and this relationship that you build is something that no one could ever copy even if they sell the exact same product and use the same ads this relationship the combination of your why, mm -hmm. your journey, your struggles, your thoughts, and the product is something that is very unique to you. Um, so you you also build that confidence that no one could ever copy you. The, the opposite is true. You want to collaborate with your competition. You want them to be rallied on your, your cause and your journey because you know that once you have more people on board they would share your they will share your why um and they will share uh, um uh the value that your brand is uniquely providing to the market and mm -hmm. that's that's an amazing feeling and i've been you know being an entrepreneur for so long i've been in in this state of mind where you have to be very envy of your ideas. You have to keep them as a secret. You can't share them with anyone. You're afraid that your team, your parents, your sister, your, you know, anyone would just copy you if you just tell them about it. And that's a, this is not as par with the fun factor because it's not fun. And B, it's just very, very, very stressful because being on the other side of it, knowing that you would get more value by sharing more and talking more about it. And people sense this excitement, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and whether it's a one to a hundred thousand people, people sense this excitement. Again, coming back to being authentic, being yourself, when you are excited about what you're doing and why you're doing it and the products that you sell, it shows out to the world. And people really buy into that, that excitement. People go on social media because basically they want to be excited. They want to see mm -hmm. someone who is excited about something and get some of that excitement for them. Um, so just, just give it out to them. But if you sell something just because you saw it on Jungle Scout and you feel that it would rank up better on Amazon, people would sense that it's not very exciting for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I, there's no longevity to it either. Um, whereas what you're talking about, actually, there's some real longevity to that. Um, I just want to circle back to, uh, I'm aware of time here, Tomar, so I, I, uh, but I, I do want to circle back to something that you said, which I think is quite important. Document your journey. Um, I, I know that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there break out into a cold sweat when you talk to them about social media or you know, creating content. And it's just like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, do you know what I mean? And, and it's like this thing, just this wall just instantly goes up. Um, and actually for me, what I found at one of the keys here is, is like you say, document the journey. I came across this great phrase, document, don't create. And I thought that was quite a fascinating, I don't know where it came from, but I thought it was a fascinating phrase. 
And I've been doing a little bit of an experiment recently. I've been putting out um, like a seven to 10 second video of my day, just like with uh, on Instagram as an Instagram reel, just little snippets like one to one and a half seconds long throughout the day, just to, with a text comment on there and some music. And various numbers of people have watched this from, you know, several thousand, just a few hundred. I, I don't really care. I, what I can tell you is um, that I've been consistent at doing it and it just documents my day. And I've connected with some extraordinary people as a result uh, who have got in touch and just gone, man, that's great. And um, I find that, uh, that yeah, it's just something as simple as that. Document, don't create, I think will be a big, big help. So well, listen, how do people reach you? How do they get hold of you? Uh, what's the best way to do that? Because undoubtedly, there's going to be more questions. Uh, I, I have a whole lot more. Uh, so how do people uh, connect with you if they want to do that? Yeah, thank you so much for that. And I'm always happy to speak to excited, enthusiastic entrepreneurs. So uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So you can uh, look for my handle on LinkedIn, or you can go on uh, um, uh to just uh, join my mailing list and get some updates from me, some uh, insights and nuggets uh, of uh, about brand building, entrepreneurship. Uh, I just do that for fun, to be honest. Uh, mm. My business is to help entrepreneurs and creators build their brands, um, but I and that's what my company does. So uh, I always love talking to entrepreneurs, uh, creators, influencers, uh, anyone who would like to uh, to build a business. So, or, or grow their business. So very happy to connect. Yeah, fantastic. And we will, of course, put all of those links in the show notes. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, do get in touch. Do connect with Tomar. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Tomar, thank you so much for being with us here on the e-commerce podcast. Honestly, genuinely loved it. Uh, you're a top bloke. And thank you for sharing all your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been great. And thank you for everyone for listening. So there you have it. What a fantastic conversation. Huge thanks again to Toma for joining me today. Uh, and also a huge thanks and big shout out to today's show sponsor, e-commerce cohort. Do head over to ecommercecohort.com for more information about this new type of membership uh, and community. I'll be in there. Come along, come and join in. Now be sure to subscribe to the e-commerce podcast wherever you get your podcasts from because we've got some great conversations lined up let me tell you and I don't want you to miss any of them and in case no one has told you today you my friend are awesome utterly utterly awesome the e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainal, Josh Catchpole, Estella Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song is written by me and my fantastic son, Josh Edmondson. And if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, ecommercepodcast.net, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. So that's it from me. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a fantastic week. I will see you next time. Bye for now.